you are listening to Live to Sustain. Today with us, we have Rami Abdel. Rami is from Alter Experiences. You can check out their website, alterexperiences.com. They are a glamping retreat or glamping retreats in the backcountry of San Diego. Uh, we have Rami on the phone with us. Uh, we basically just jumped right into conversation, and so we will drop you guys right into that call, and uh, we hope you enjoy. Thanks. Go ahead and continue with what you were saying. So tell us about your about Alter Experiences. Tell us about yourself, how you guys got started, and who was involved. Uh, well, we're an outdoor and hospital, outdoor hospitality-based company. Um, we're very much into experiential-type retreats, very much in nature. Um, and I think that's something that was just in my wife and I that started the business. And that's something that we've been very passionate about, uh, being in nature, being outdoors, uh, you know, spending time. We live such fast paced lifestyles and just digitized and cloud and mobile phones. And I think it's important for people to spend as much time as they can outdoors. And what we try to do is make that easier for them. Um, we had originally started out as a glamping company and over in 2016, we were established and, um, as the months went on and, you know, the vision kind of grew a little bit, uh, we started to see the potential for just outdoor hospitality as a concept. And, uh, right now we have some set locations in San Diego's back country, uh, up in Mount Laguna. That is, uh, where first we got concessions with the U S Cleveland national forest to operate a few sites there. Um, we have a few locations in Julian on private property where we can potentially set up at. And we also have, a our newest location is in Winola at Fort Cross old timey adventures. So we have a canvas tent there, really nice decked out with a queen mattress, you know, cushions, all the kind of luxuries you could expect in a glamping type retreat. And we also have our tree tents, which is um, really our most popular accommodation. And uh, the tree tents are made by a company called uh, Tensile. They're based out of uh, UK. And it's basically like a floating tent. You anchor it up to trees and we can accommodate on our biggest one the stingray we can accommodate about three people a maximum weight of 880 pounds so that's in a nutshell kind of what where we're at now and what we're doing that's interesting so you 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 distinguish between hospitality and what you're doing now and i have to admit before us talking i might have seen them as one and the same can you help differentiate or help clarify the differences between something like hospitality and what it is you guys are doing? Well, we're really our focus is outdoor hospitality. So what we try to do is find beautiful places, remote places, places that are very much uh, nature immersive, places with a lot of biodiversity, kind of like what you have up here in, in San Diego's back country and places like Mount Laguna, you've just up at 6,000 feet elevations. It's a very remote little area there. A lot of trees, pine trees, conifers, oak trees, just a beautiful kind of remote destination where we basically can accommodate individuals 
uh, I'd say it's like an alternative accommodation. It's not what you would expect, I guess, in a traditional hotel. You're going to be in a kind of alternative type uh, accommodation. In our case, it's a, a kind of canvas tent or tree tents. We're experimenting now with like geodesic domes. Um, there's other places all over the world where this kind of outdoor hospitality trend is, is going towards. And you have places where you can stay in like an igloo hub you know you can stay in a teepee tent uh you can stay in a bowl you can stay you know in an earth ship now the earth ram style in new mexico is another kind of big trend so i think more and more it's just an accommodation style that really puts you as close as possible to nature and that being said when you look at you know the traditional approach to uh, hospitality, the brick and mortar, kind of that involves a, a lot of uh, a lot of cost, a lot of upfront costs. You know, obviously traditional building standards, and here in San Diego, California, obviously that can be a real nightmare. Um, we're more boutique. We're more. We come up, we set up for you. You know, no trace left behind. Uh, yeah, that's kind of you know in a nutshell what what i can say about that so is this something that you can do year round or are there certain seasons when the weather is appropriate for it well this this will be our first um year trying it out in winter and the snow and obviously up in mount laguna at those elevations they get a lot of snow up there so we're still curious to see how we're gonna proceed how it's gonna all play out in the winter i'm confident that we should be able to uh make it work you know we've got the canvas tent with the stove jack in it so we can put a little uh uh, oven there to heat it up and other things like that so but yeah depending on we have operations that are seasonal depending on the property that we're operating on uh some people only want to do this seasonally um so depending on the kind of accommodation you want obviously if you want to stay in the tree tents that's a certain location you're going to have to be at because you have to have the right configuration of trees to set everything up so there's a lot of factors that go into delivering the kind of um, experience that we're trying to deliver and we're very hands-on with our guests from the moment they book we ask them what it is they're looking for what kind of accommodation they're expecting and based on the feedback we get we can suggest well hey you know if you're looking for something really remote we can put you up in mount laguna on one of our trees if you're looking for something more family oriented and activities for the kids and good food and drinks well we know we can put you uh in winola area for cross just to sum this up because uh this might be a new concept to a lot of people who are listening so as opposed to traditional hospitality which in the past would have been very much a hotel experience and has transitioned to home sharing uh, with things like Airbnb. Now, you guys have kind of taken it a little bit further and you are taking uh, outdoor experiences and you're altering them uh, and you are making them, you're sort of customizing them to people's outdoor preferences. Uh, exactly, that's exactly right. And I would also add that if you look at a place like here in, for me, this is the most forward thinking tourism growth strategy for San Diego's back country. And I'll explain why. When you look at what we have here, when you look at hundreds of thousands of acres of preserve of, of Cleveland National Forest, of State Park, um, it's, it becomes a situation where we're very limited on, on what we can do 
in terms of hospitality, in terms of like from an economic approach to things. And so for us, it's just a matter of, you know, all this open space up here, obviously it's important that we protect it, that we preserve it, that we continue along that path and you know thanks to the efforts of so many individuals up here and a multi-generational effort for us to have this area preserved and in the state that it's in um, our approach is like well why not try and find ways to encourage outdoor recreation sustainably like i can't do i can't put a hotel here i can't put a traditional building and uproot the land and affect all of the wildlife around me why not like come in with something that's a bit alternative uh, some tree tents some area rugs little makeshift outdoor kitchen and it's all stuff i can put up in four to five hours and take down immediately and we can use the space and we're using it sustainably we're taking into consideration the surrounding environment and then really minimizing the impact and and applying yeah. that towards sustainable economic growth and that's really what i'm passionate about yeah you know that's great and as you're talking i'm thinking about it and i'm thinking you know there must be some people who don't have access to camping gear or wouldn't know where to start or you know and and it sounds like you guys can set up experiences for people who may have never experienced camping and sort of give them an introduction well i'll tell you we've been in in full operation now over the last six to eight months in cleveland and i was blown away the first time i had a guest in front of me that said i have never been camping for and it was i was blown away because like I, camping is for me is just something that god my whole life i've done that being outdoors hunting camping fishing with my family it was just what we did and i when as the as the business model is evolving we're seeing that wow we brought people up here that would have never considered being up here had we not set this up for them so i was really at the a point for me that i knew we were on top of something big when it must have been two three groups we've had up here that literally we have never been camping before in our lives so you mentioned that you grew up going camping and all of that can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in this business you know i spent a lot of time traveling um my i have family from the Middle East, uh, primarily in Egypt. I have family from my mother's side in Mexico. And I mean, for us, it was just something we did all the time, especially living here in San Diego. You're so close. You'd go down and camp to the beach. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, in the Red Sea, in the Egyptian Red Sea. And I think that's probably where all of this um, was born, my, my vision for outdoor hospitality but particularly for sustainable business models and sustainable tourism we spent my wife and i spent about um seven eight years out there we actually were there through the egyptian revolution in 2011 uh which had a huge impact on on the tourism industry there and we were working in the tourism industry uh working at some of the ecotourism resorts that they had there and obviously the red sea it's one of the most pristine habitats we have on the planet over a hundred species or a thousand species of fish 10 percent of which exists nowhere else in the world wow so 300 400 species of hard and soft coral pelagic species dolphins and we spent a lot of time working with uh, the Ministry of Tourism out there with um, eco-based operations, nonprofit organizations. Uh, we even ran a campaign in collaboration with Rick O'Berry. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. 
Mm-mm. He was the <clears throat> former Dolphin, flipper, the trainer for Flipper, that Flipper show. He was the oh. individual who had started all that. And uh, he actually, uh, st- the whole Dolphinarium industry, it was like he started it and he was one of the individuals involved in it. And as the years went on, he had a huge change of heart. And he made a whole documentary called The Cove about it. Oh, right. In which he, which he talks about the, the, the devastation that these you know, aquariums have had and the, we had to, we had the opportunity to work on campaigns with him to try and ban dolphinariums from being developed in the Egyptian Red Sea. And it was like, you can, we can sleep, you can swim with these animals in their natural habitat. Why would you spend all this money to put a dolphinarium in the middle of the desert? So all these issues that we saw in terms of this, uh, model the the, the 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 kind of exploitation of resources and if you're not thinking sustainably and are not coming into a destination like that with with the right mentality that you could really cause some devastating impacts to the environment to the habitats i mean there was a lot of examples of dredging of the back reef wow. where you know these people wanted to create a white sand bottom uh, beaches for for you know travelers and they would just acreage of reef. They would just bring out with their bulldozers and just destroy those habitats. And uh, yeah, I think we're only you know we're realizing now as we look back and, and at our business strategies and maybe even you know building our, our cities the the inefficiencies that that we, we we had you know the way we were moving things around and we still do today and. And so I think that's an interesting point that you make, you know, taking uh, an, a dolphin and making a habitat all the way out in the desert when we really should be, you know, cre- if we want to be viewing them, let's create an environment in around their habitat. And, and we can easily accommodate that, right? It, almost, it sounds so common sense when you say it, but for some reason we missed those steps in the past. Well, it is, it's an issue of common sense. It's, it's an issue of education. I'll give you another example. Um, one of the biggest attractions, um, especially for divers, was seeing shark species, uh, tiger sharks, whale sharks, oceanic white tips. And people were paying, you're talking about maybe up to 40, 50 euros uh, to take a trip out to see these species. And you're coming into the Red Sea. There's a lot of like traditional Bedouin tribes that are fishing there. And part of what they were doing was, you know, sometimes occasionally fishing sharks and they'd get up a good, you know, let's say uh, $100, $200 for catching a shark. And um, what started happening was as tourism started to grow in these areas, um, and then we're seeing now that the demand, especially for shark diving, was growing, what was starting to happen was we were slowly educating the Bedouin tribes, and we had actually marine biologists and scientists that were there backing that data that, guys, this and this shark that you're going to hunt here and sell for whatever a hundred dollars in in its lifetime in tourism revenue being generated through diving this shark is generating up to twenty thousand euros a a year and i mean that's just a number i'm throwing out there but you know just to give you an idea of the kind of education that that took and 
Egypt was actually one of the first countries to ban shark fishing. Uh, that's one thing that a lot of people don't see and realize is they were extremely forward thinking and the need to preserve, preserve that underwater habitat and to preserve uh, the shark species that have now, I mean, have been decimated across the world. It's a real problem that we're facing. And so that's a lot of what kind of inspired me. And I love the whole socioeconomic approach to dealing with resources and understanding the need to use them sustainably and to be thinking, to be forward thinking about this is a resource that not only do I need, but I also want to ensure that I preserve it for, for future generations. Can you tell us some um, things you do um, at Alter Experiences that might be direct education of your guests, or is it more well, of a passive approach? No, we are very um, hands-on with our guests. Uh, my wife deals with most of that. Chantel, uh, one of the co-founders with me, and she makes it a point of meeting every single guest upon arrival, giving them a full briefing about what's going on in the area, do's and don'ts, fire safety, um, you know, general safety, a little bit about, about the biodiversity, the heritage, the history. So that's just in the face-to-face -face interaction, but also through our own uh, uh, online and internet marketing work, we make a point of always trying to raise awareness, always trying to make people understand the need for environmental stewardship, especially in this day and age. And uh, so we, we see it like from beginning, from the initial interaction, when they contact us to the moment that they leave that that's the whole um circle there of interactions that we should have with them to make sure that that's what they take home with them mm -hmm. that's really wonderful so what would you say are some of the challenges that you faced in um starting this business and running this business well i'd say the first challenge outdoor hospitality as as a business as an industry um glamping as an industry which is exploding all over the world we here are a little bit behind on that and i always found that really surprising because we are, are consistently ranked among the top 10 destinations worldwide and i remember two years ago when when we were talking about this especially up here in the that country where we started out of i think there was some you know doubts people weren't really seeing that this was something that was viable or i think a lot of it also had to do with just county regulation like how are you going to get this regulated you know how building codes are here and especially when you're you know housing people or accommodating people so i think but i, I honestly believe we've broken that already um we when we first uh, went into this we applied with concessions uh through the county we tried the state parks uh we tried some of the nonprofits up here and then eventually cleveland national forest uh u.s forestry services they saw what we were doing we proposed them the model and they they had also seen this trend growing in other places across the united states so a young young lady involved here at the Descanso rangers office she was really the the person that got it through and in the year in the six months now that we've been operating at cleveland god we were booked out till the end of the year as of now like we can't even keep up with the demand anymore I feel like you've explained well what it is that Alter Experiences does and what was the inspiration for it. Is there anything else in particular uh, about Alter Experiences that you, you'd like to tell us that you maybe hasn't been mentioned? 
think ultimately for me, I want, you know, my wife and I set out to obviously create a business model that we were passionate about that was very important and not being in nature for us is just what we do adventuring going out to exotic remote places and obviously we found a way to to turn that now into a business model but ultimately it was setting out to prove that you can achieve economic growth and great economic growth without you know, having any detriment to the environment. I think more and more we wanted to set up a business with that at its focus, and we wanted to engender a culture where not based on corporate greed, not based on materialism, not based on consumption. We wanted to create a business model where everything about it was sustainability, was, you know, being in nature, being an environmental steward, always giving back to your community, understanding the fragility of some of these ecosystems and how delicate they are. And what we need to do as individuals, as businesses, as as organizations to preserve that for generations to come. Thank you so much. You know, we have three questions that we ask every guest who comes on the show. Um, and if you don't mind, we would like to relay, relay those questions to you. What is one thing that you make sure to do every day in order to live to sustain? So what are you doing every day to promote sustainability or live sustainably? In, in my own personal life, I do everything I can to obviously minimize my consumption, try to live within my means, try to be conscious of my energy habits, try to be conscious of, you know, all those little things that, you know, we're living, my wife and I, completely off grid right now, and that was uh, a transition for us. Um, so just that that's what I'm trying to do in my own personal life, in my community, I try to do everything I can and we do encourage a lot of cleanups up here try to just raise awareness try to educate Uh, you know we spend a lot of money on marketing awareness and awareness raising activities just through my work with my company I'm also a board member on the Julian Chamber of Commerce I'm the vice president of the San Diego Backcountry Visitors Bureau so I I would just say my whole life everything I do is oriented around that I mean it's a lifestyle for me it sounds like you're living and breathing it uh, every day and we love that I call it sustainable brain it's uh, I kind of jokingly something came up with recently all right uh, here's another question uh what is one thing when it comes to sustainability that you might do better and we ask this question because we sometimes feel like promoting sustainability comes off as preaching and we want people to understand that you know those who are about sustainability aren't perfect at it so what is one thing that you might do better um I'll always go back to the education and the awareness raising just because at the end of the day, I honestly feel like that's where the problem lies is in in people not understanding the environmental impact they're having, not understanding the effects on the environment, not understanding that our oceans are being polluted. And it's a huge problem we're dealing with here in San Diego, down in Imperial Beach, the runoff that's coming down from TJ. uh, You know, almost every ecosystem and habitat that we have is being, you know, exploited or depleted in one way or another and i find that people just 
don't understand it and they don't see the full picture how it's all intricately intricately connected and, and how you know the the downgrading of one ecosystem potentially affects another so i would always go back to the education 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 i mean that's key right now one final question uh, we ask this question uh which is what is a sustainable brand that you like right now so you know one thing we do at live to sustain is we understand that purchasing still happens and although we really you know that contributes to some of this environmental detriment that we're talking about trash pile up and such um, you know we, we encourage less purchasing realistically people people buy so we try to promote sustainable brands so what is one sustainable brand that comes to mind for you well, the first one for me is Tensile, um, and that's the company that we distribute for here um, in San Diego. And Alex uh, Shirley Smith is actually the founder of that company, and he's been a huge inspiration to what we're doing. They're basically his whole philosophy and mission statement is just so amusing sitting with him it's like dude i love trees i love trees i want people to love trees as much as i do i want people to spend time in trees and his famous catchphrase is if we're all hanging in these trees they're not going to cut them down (laughs) so for, for every tree tent that he sells uh, he, he plants 18 trees, so any tree tent you buy from them, they will plant uh, 18 trees. And that they're all about reforestation. Uh, they work with a lot of individuals. Got off the top of my head, I, I don't remember, but I think down in Costa Rica or somewhere, they uh, provide this equipment for people to actually put out listening devices in these remote areas to be lifting it out for chainsaw so it's very active very proactive kind of uh conservation that they're doing and the second one would be uh, 10 tree is another one they also have a really innovative approach where the products that you uh, buy from them they also plant trees and they give you a little kind of token with the exact coordinates of where those trees are so you could potentially go visit them and look at their progress as they're growing and those are two companies that i have worked with recently that i really appreciate their efforts very cool. So we'll add those to the show notes. And can you tell us where can we find you online? Your website? Are you on Instagram? Uh, yeah, we're media? on uh, our website is alterexperiences.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, Alter Experiences, Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, hosting as many people as we can, getting people in the outdoors. And uh, overall, just promoting a culture of sustainable tourism growth and sustainable business growth in general in San Diego. Thank you, Rami. Thank you for taking the time to chat today. Uh, I think that is all the questions that we have, and we can let you get on with your day. I appreciate it very much, and thanks for the opportunity to share this information with you. Be sure to check out our website, livetosustain.com, and follow us on Instagram, at livetosustain.